So, Devil Woman, what crazy bat name are you saying? Chicago. Chicago? Yeah, you don't remember that from the Ace Ventura movie? The, I think it was the second one. The big white, uh, wa- uh, the white bat that had all the white guano and it was just really creepy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chicago. And then he kept t- saying, uh, like, Chicago. Shawshank Redemption. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And because you are responsible for yourself, there won't be another fucking warning. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording on Zencaster, melting into a pile of gothy goo. I'm Path Girl. (laughs) I am Count Boogie, and uh, do you need a couple minutes alone, or do you want me to talk dirty to you while you gothy goo? No, I'm melting because it's like it's been 96 degrees here in North Carolina, and it's just the goth girl and heat is not mixed. No, no. I'm telling you, I told my dad this morning, my dad had a rough day yesterday. Uh, and uh, and I'm like, hey, bro, anytime you want to go to Iceland and open a coffee shop. Oh, there you go. Let's yeah. let's do it. And uh, and he's all well, I just paid a lot of money to have myself cremated. So <laughs> would they throw me in that volcano? They have. Ooh. And I'm like, dad, we have listeners. We have perverted podcast listeners right by the volcano exactly and i can i could literally you know fuck your cremation here donate it to someone or something and mm-hmm. we'll just drag you up to the volcano oh. and throw you in yeah and that'll be pretty much an instant cremation <laughs> pretty put pretty puffy it'll be pretty much poof it'll be uh there goes norman norman in a puff puff o norm hopefully That's... there won't be any winds blowing where it's gonna be poof. Sorry, Norman. Well, Norman all over me. <laughs> you're all, ah, uh, you're all, that smells like a giant volcanic fart and Aww. my dad. Aww. That is, those are two smells that I did not want to experience, but no. you know, go in peace. Yes. Oh, Norm of Normonia. By the way, my dad's name is Norman, just in case you Norm wanted to know. Norm of Normonia. Norm of Normonia. I'm in that mood, Bath Girl. Yes. I I realized some things. First off, uh, I realized that uh, it's now July. Yesterday yes. was July Fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a nice day at the beach, sitting all day at the beach watching not the prettiest people, but some pretty people, <laughs> and a lot of really annoying people. It was a it was a interesting day. Oh. but I realized it was July. Right. And I go, oh well, we're gonna do. Uh, the show tomorrow, but it's in July, and that means I'm like, wait a minute, didn't we miss a bunch of uh, uh, a birthday? Uh, and I'm not talking about my like all my birthdays, like my sober birthday, <laughs> my sober birthday, my my I don't care about the biological birthday, but the, yeah, that one. Uh, yeah. But my sober birthday was good, eleven years clean and sober, awesome. and but the most important birthday. That we shouldn't forget on a show called Perverted Podcast 
is Perverted Podcast's eight-year birthday. Yay! That we did not mention. So in honor of that, yes. let us now play you. Happy birthday. You're a pervert. Get your spankings. Happy birthday. Whips and crops and canes. Oh, thank you. This day we celebrate the pervert that is you. Because when you're kinky, you can have your cake and beat it too. Whack, 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 whack. Happy birthday. You are great. <laughs> I love that song. Yes, Path Girl, perverted podcast, 282 episodes, eight years. Eight years we have been doing this uh, uh, show. 382, sir. You said 282. I didn't, I just. You Didn't I say what? You said 282. It's 382. Oh my God. I just felt 100 shows older. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Well, 382. That's that's a lot of goddamn shows in a yeah. row. Uh, nonstop, we've been doing it. So uh, I don't know. Uh, obviously, I forget because I forget everything. But uh, it is an important milestone for us because that's the most consistent. I've ever done other than sobriety. It's the most consistent of anything I've ever done in my life. The only commitment that I have kept nonstop for eight years. My head has been in the game with perverted podcast through thick and thin joy and fucking sorrow and heat and homelessness and great sex and so many things. But uh, we have a very humble base of perverted podcast listeners and a much more humble base of perverted podcast patron subscribers that actually support the show and keep us going, uh, through good times and bad, but it is, it is still an honor to be a part of this show. It is still an honor to have a purpose in my life to know that you guys are out there listening path girl and I, you know, rack our brains and come up with topics and study those topics. And, uh, and it's just, I am not tired of this show. Definitely. I love doing this show. I would love to be in a place and have it be the next level and get back to the level and whatever. But even at this level, it is still exciting to have these conversations and to get the emails when we get emails from our listeners telling how it affects them. So happy birthday, perverted podcast, eight years. Let's keep, let's just keep marching this path and uh, see see where it goes until the wheels fall off. Pretty much. Oh, the wheels uh, fell off years ago. Come on. (laughs) Probably, probably. We hit the wall a long time and uh, now we're just a ghost hologram like Tupac (laughs) at a music festival. Just, just a. Not even alive. But uh, did you get dick this week? Um, when, let me see. Uh, actually, no, I did not get dick this week because uh, I was running crazy with work. Um, actually, two weekends ago, I was telling our patrons about this, but actually, Donis and I went away to uh, Mountain Retreat for the weekend and had some fun oh, there. Wow. Um, had some had some dick back then. But actually, we actually got into uh, something we haven't played around with before. We got into some uh, face slapping. Oh yes, we've never done that before. <laughs> Have you? You've done that with other people, though, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and and that's one of those like the last kink like 
all on my list where it's basically like you've proven everything else and it's like you know face slapping's got to be done correctly you can't just backhand somebody it has to be done where you make sure you brace brace your your hand and and up against it and it's just we've talked about it but we've we've never done it and we were just in the middle i now granted i had poured a couple of dirty martinis down his throat when we were at dinner but um he was getting a little (laughs) hey you give the guy a couple of dirt what He loves dirty martinis. I'm actually looking into doing martini services, possibly as a, as a submissive, submissive. So you got him drunk and not then drunk, had him just, smack you in the face. Relax. No, not How's drunk, that for relaxed. A fucking... I've seen him drunk. This was relaxed, okay? Okay, okay. I'm just just putting it out there. We do have a show where we promote safety. Yes. And, uh, you know, get you know, drunken fuck is your completely your choice and risk aware consensual kink. Yes. But it's it's uh you know, it's also something to assess the risk. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Sorry. But uh in the middle of our of our having getting sex and starting to pull my hair, like I'm sitting there and he just gave me that quick smack across the face. And it was like, he turned my primal switch on and I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> it was just like, I actually, I hadn't been slapped in, in quite a while. It's probably been a couple of, probably been a couple of years. Um, Cause I, oh, I don't no. do it with all of my, my partners because it's just, some people don't feel obviously feel comfortable with it because it's it's right. can be considered degrading or whatever. But for me, it just puts me in that primal headspace where it's just like, oh fuck, game on. <laughs> you literally just leaned back and said, "Shakaka." <laughs> no, I was. He was actually on top of me and he slapped my face and I was like, "Oh fuck yes!" And it was just like he kind of <laughs> smirked at me and it was just kind of like kept going. And every once in a while, he'd give me a, another smack across the face and it was just like, oh. Fuck yes. <laughs> that is awesome. Without getting too deep into it, like you you said, when you're talking about face slapping in kink, where it is consensual, you've obviously talked about that with a partner and this is okay and these are the circumstances we do. Very rarely in 90% of the people that do face slapping in kink, it is not a full force slap. No, no. It no. is not. Because you can literally, you watch the smack contest between, you can you can literally just break the jaw. You can literally do you, a lot of damage. You can do brain damage if you slap like, somebody you, hard enough the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can, It's definitely, when you're talking about face slapping, it's mostly that like quick hand across the face in a, you know, it's just not as hard. Right. And it's more like a get your attention. Some Mm. people and I've had partners that like a little more and you kind of build up to it and you find that space. um, But you are hitting someone's face. And that's definitely somewhat something you should uh, you should consider. And you should really strongly consider how many dirty martinis you shove down their throat before you let them smack you in the face. Sorry, his his limit is four. I've I've hit his limit before. But another good way for face slapping uh, I've seen some people do is kind of like take one hand and grab at the chin so you're kind of stabilizing the face and then smack and, sure. and never mind the fact of grabbing the chin a little bit it was a kind of like a dominant top kind of like hey sure pay attention to me kind of thing and then give him the smack so that way you, you really you, it, it's it's not like it's in the movies or in porn where they're getting these backhanded slaps and it's just you could do some real damage but when you do it properly, and there are people that are fun. into that yeah oh, there yeah. are yeah. people that like both men and women that like to just have the shit smacked out of right. them and get knocked down and then fucked. Um, I 
as we've talked about in earlier episodes in our eight years of perverted <laughs> podcast, um, I talk about I'm very cautious about face slapping because I was slapped in the face my whole childhood. It yeah. was not fun. It was not consensual. It did not make me happy. I did not feel lovey-dovey feelings for my family members that uh, did that to me. Uh, it was it, it made me not happy. So um, so when I started finding partners that are like, oh, yeah, I don't like someone that can fucking smack my face when they're uh-huh. doing this or that. I had to go through an entire uh CBT cognitive behavioral oh, therapy wow. about my beliefs around slapping and humiliation and then of course make it about this isn't about me this is right. about them and this is something that they enjoy and they don't have the experiences that I have so can I separate my experiences from this to then uh do that but it was a fascinating journey i smacked the fucking shit out of bitches now i (laughs) have a great time doing it doesn't remind me of any childhood anything anymore it's all fun because it gets them hot and uh and and it's a control thing and it's very sexy face slapping we haven't talked about face slapping in a long time yeah yeah like i said i haven't done it in a couple years i oh my god i had one guy years ago that I had talked to was of kind of vanilla kink interested. And he had asked about some of my kinks and I told him about, you know, the basic stuff. And then I said, and with time and trust, you get stuff like anal CNC face slapping. So first date kind of went all right. Second date we're making out. And then he smacked me across the face. (laughs) And then I turned around and I smacked him right back. And I looked right at him and said, you do not have the time in or the trust yet to do that and he goes but but i thought you were into it i'm like yeah when you've earned my fucking trust asshole and i left and i was just like oh yeah if you, you don't slap me on the second date no donis and i have been dating over a year and this is the first time he's done it and this guy tried to pull on the second date I'm like fuck you asshole definitely a four to five date before you smack your bitch up you yeah. just definitely uh want to hold off a couple couple dates just on that and and once again, going back to this is something that you just talk about because yeah. even though you're negotiating it and you're talking about it and risk and whatever, you can still make that really sexy by talking about it mm-hmm. and you can build up anticipation and you can know. And then, it, you know, once it, uh, there's a lot, we're not going to get totally yeah. into it. We're we're starting to go into a whole face slapping segment because yes. it, it is very hot. But I'm yeah. surely glad that uh, you had some fun and I'm surely glad that Donis. Uh, was able to give that to you and enjoy that himself that's pretty cool but on that note well let's do the stitcher let's go ahead and uh let's have our stitcher announcement okay yeah um actually believe it or not this popped up at my job of all places i saw it as an ad but uh yeah actually uh stitcher who's owned by sirius xm they are shutting down their podcast app uh they said supposedly they're going to be migrating all their content to whatever podcast platform they're going to have built within Sirius XM, but we cannot guarantee that the Stitcher app is going to be around for you to listen to perverted podcasts. And I know a lot, they're very kink friendly with a lot of other kink podcasts. So if you use the Stitcher app, uh, you might want to download another free one. We're free on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, and Podbean. 
we're also looking into other free platforms to put us on there that are okay with us being an adult uh, content. Yes. But yeah, so just if you're using the Stitcher app, uh, after August 29th, they said that's when it's going to stop working. Oh, wow. So that's coming up. August 20, uh, yes, 2023. Yes. So uh, yeah. Yes. That's why I wanted to make sure everybody was aware of it a couple of weeks ahead of time. So yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say SoundCloud because if you get SoundCloud, then there's the like button that you could actually push that actually helps us. What is us. this like button you talk about? The Boogie? like button that nobody pushes because they're afraid that <laughs> kinky stuff will wind up in their feed. So they should technically set up a junker email start a kinky uh, app service for uh, SoundCloud. Never mind. Whatever. I'm not getting into it. I'm not going to bitch. Push the like button. Push the fucking like button. Push the button. But I did have an awkward <laughs> sexual uh, conversation with my uh, nurse practitioner today. Oh, okay. And I didn't hear about this. Do you ever get excited about having conversations? Like, I'm so kink positive. I'm so poly positive. That sometimes I blurt a lot of stuff out, and and then you're like, uh, was that necessary <laughs> information to give? So I'm getting my, I have my phone interview. I did all my blood tests last week, and so I'm on with my nurse practitioner, who I've known for a long time. We talk shit, and I shit, you know, she knows I do stuff, because uh, I'm very open and honest about it, and we talk about, you know, my erectile dysfunction, Viagra, and that type mm. of stuff. So she's going over my stuff, and she's like, okay, your li- I'm going to tell you the good first, Path Girl. My liver okay. is golden. Supreme liver. Awesome. Which, for a pretty hard alcoholic, I'm very happy about that. So I've been sober. Well, and for- someone who also doesn't eat well. Yes. So, yeah. Kidneys. So kidney and uh, liver good. Uh, triglycerides, uh, okay, that's, there's that, and, uh, pre-diabetic, which I've stayed at the same level, but then she said, you know, vitamin D and stuff like that, but then she said something that I had never heard and makes perfect sense. She said, your testosterone is really low, like really low, like it's supposed to be at like 250 and I'm at like 140, and, uh. And I'm like, without even thinking, I'm like, oh, my God, that makes, like, total sense because, and I start rambling. I'm all, because, you know, I used to be Polly, and then I had all these girlfriends, and then we had these other partners, and so I was having a lot of sex, and so that was boosted. Like, in my mind, I'm, like, explaining to her why I had testosterone at one point, and then it, it mm. and I'm just like, bah, 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 bah. and now I'm not having, you know, because I live in a car and I'm not having sex. And that's why and I'm trying to get back to where I can have sex, but I'm not having sex. And she's like, OK, well, I'm going to set you up with a specialist. And then she finishes the phone call and I get off the phone call and I'm like, why was any of that relevant <laughs> to this poor, poor fucking healthcare provider? Uh, why <laughs> you were trying to explain possibly why now if you have sex a lot your testosterone would be up more yes, but you haven't been yes. having sex a lot lately so you probably figured you had to explain yourself, so i thought like you know, what but- is she gonna do go oh that sucks i'm sorry you're not getting laid maybe you should jerk off more like what was i expecting 
in that uh, phone call, you know, what was I expecting? Oh, you should definitely fuck more. Maybe you should go to Thailand and buy prostitutes. Like, is she, was she going to give me advice? Maybe you should, you know, go, our next topic is going to dance around, uh, you know, maybe I should start fucking dudes because it's easier to get laid. Uh, you know, like, what was I, what was I thinking? I don't know. It's one of the first times I've ever babbled about kink and then, kind of been embarrassed it was kind of funny though i've i've done that a few times but in your medical defense there are plenty of men that when they get you know 35 40 the testosterone goes down naturally and it doesn't matter how much they fuck or masturbate it's just it's a wonderful joy of getting old yay well same thing with women in our estrogen so well all i know perverted podcast at gmail.com if you want this show to keep going and make it to nine, I need to get some pussy. I'm not putting any pressure on anybody. Not putting any pressure. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, do it for the show. I am totally okay with a pity fuck. Totally, totally okay with it. But let's move on. That life helps you deal with mental herpes. Let's put a logic condom on our brain. Now we're better protected from a king-shaming world. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. Shout out to Enigma once again for tagging us in this post. Uh, and if you ever find a post you might like us to discuss in the show on FetLife, please just drop an at perverted podcast in the comment and that will tag us in it and we can take a look at it. Uh, the post we have today is from Strap On Slut. Hmm. Um, very interesting uh, post. Pretty straightforward, is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say there's, yeah, there's yeah. some name you're like, what's the hidden meaning here? <laughs> but here, I think this is uh, fairly direct. Yes. This is a person that maybe likes strap ons. I'm just going with it. What do you think? Yes. Am I close? Yeah. Am I close? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So his post is entitled on Fendom, cross-dressing, pegging, and my heterosexuality. Sometimes I've noticed on FetLife and in life in general that people just love to make inference about others. This person likes X and Y, so they must like Z. This, of course, couldn't be further from the truth, and stereotyping like this prevents people from exploring sexual kinks. Outside the bedroom, I'm an independent, self-sufficient guy. I have found Femdom play to be such a stress release not having to make decisions and just do what I'm told is a contrast from my day-to-day -day life and a massive turn-on. Honestly, for a long time, I was hesitant toward any type of butt play due to the old stereotype about anal sex and homosexuality. But thankfully, I got past this and pegging has become one of my favorite bedroom activities. Pegging fits right in with Fenzom, and I have to say there's nothing sexier than a dominant woman with a huge dildo between her legs. And as far as crest dressing goes, to be blunt, I like the way lingerie feels on my skin. The materials are soft and comfortable, much more sexy than men's underwear, plain and simple. Now, with that being said, I don't wear women's clothing outside the bedroom. I enjoy my men's fashion, rock facial hair, and the occasion look dapper as hell in a tailored suit. With all this being said, I hope this helps some guys out there recognize that it's okay to have your kinks off the beaten path, and exploring them won't change your sexual preference. You do whatever makes you happy. Full stop. Hmm. Strapping kiddos, and that's not a that's not a strap on joke. Um, St 
strapping. Uh, so strap on slut would be the poster. Aha! Yes. The mystery is yes. solved. Yes. And and I see with him, and, and of course, you know, especially with Perverted Podcast, we're always trying to break down stereotypes, whether it be in kink or vanilla life and what have you. And it's just, he hits on a lot of things that people tend to forget about with as far as like, what is associated with being gay? What is associated with being straight? Sure. I have a, you know, of course, I have a lot of different angles that we could take. We've talked a lot about, hey, man, if you like stuff with your butt, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gay. We've talked we've talked a lot about that. We've had a lot of people right. that are pro guy butt stuff. Blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, because I had these, you know, I used to be a, basically a crossdresser. I used to wear skirts and I'd perform in uh-huh. dresses and stuff like that. And there's this whole, like, I have to prove my heterosexuality uh-huh. because of these stigmas that nobody is really throwing at me. You know, maybe a couple people look down their nose, hey, fag or whatever. Um, right. But in general, it wasn't like I was getting an onslaught. But I felt this com- this compelling to constantly remind people that I'm not gay. And and yeah. and so my angle is like for this topic and this post in particular, I'm not going to tell you that taking a strap on up the ass isn't gay. And I'm not going to tell you that it is gay because I think it's subjective on how you view your own sexuality and what each activity that you do represents to you. So, uh, you know, I think if you feel that having a veiny shaped dildo up your ass is gay, then it's gay for you. And if you think it's not, then who cares? What is this really? I mean, I understand this. I understand this personally. I understand this from my own sexual issues. What I want to get to is that we can just have conversations about I'm okay being who I am regardless of what other people think. Because no matter how often I preach... If somebody thinks having a dildo up your ass is gay, then that's what they think. I don't I don't have to hang out with that person. I don't have to fucking right. take the dildo out of my ass and put it under their nose and say, smell it. It smells like heterosexual ass play. <laughs> I just don't. So it, it, this is I mean, I had to I, this really gave me a lot of different thoughts. Well, and don't forget also when you were dressed for dressing, that was probably like the 90s. You know, yeah, actually look good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to talk about the recent pictures you put up on FetLife, but I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. But back in the 90s, when we were growing up, it was kind of like, you know, you people would whisper, oh, they're gay. And, you know, nowadays it's like everybody's talking pr- pretty much proudly about being gay and being out. And obviously sure. there are some people that still struggle with it, depending on where they live and their circumstances. But 
back in the in the nineties when we when you were doing that, you had to force down people's throats because it was just this association of, oh, he's wearing a dress, you know, he's fucking gay. It's like, no, nowadays people can walk around, men can wear dresses and bras and not care about what they're what they're wearing. But a lot it's that heteronormative narrative that's been shoved down our throat for years. And I think it's finally come down to where people understand that what you do and what you're attracted to are two different things. I'm attracted to men. I obviously attracted to women. I don't play that often with them. But at the same time, if a man is attracted to a man, they're gay. But if a man likes to have things put in his butt, that's not being gay. He likes having things put in his butt. And if anything, sexuality isn't limited to attraction. It's what you enjoy and what you want. It's basically like we all have buttholes. You know, it's the actual anal play is like the least gendered thing because it doesn't have to be with a male or a female. It could be both. So it's like, I don't know, understand why it's, it's just gotten so deeply embedded in the psyche of things going in your butt are gay. Well, I mean, there's a certain level where men have to deal with masculinity issues. Right. And we still live in a world where men have to be strong. There is still levels. There are still constant battles in many tribes and work and war and society where there is still a need to show your dominance and masculinity. That is just the reality. You are still having moments as a man where you feel that draw that I have to be masculine and butt stuff for a guy has always been associated with you're getting fucked. So that means you're like the woman, which means you are less masculine right. if you like those things. And so that's a, I, I you know, I'm not going to argue those things because that's what people think. So now we've done a lot of work and we've shown a lot of, uh, you know, male submissives that are like, you know, ex combat veterans that have dealt with bullets flying over their head uh -huh. and then they like to put on women's lingerie and let their femdom fuck him in the ass with a giant black dildo you're not going to tell that guy he's a pussy because he dodged bullets in war yeah. so we're 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 seeing a growth away from that but i keep and that's great that we're growing we're getting more accepting but the reality is, why do I give a fuck what somebody thinks about my sexuality? Right. Why am I? That's really the issue, because it's not that they're stopping my exploration of my sexuality. I'm stopping it because I'm worried about what other people think more than myself and my partners. If I have an issue with my partners and what they think, that's something I need to worry about because that's one of my partners. But it really comes down to what do I think about myself? And if I have to continually defend my sexuality, then that is a, a kind of a diagnostic that I do have insecurities and head trips that I have to deal with. I do have to ask myself that question. Why does it matter? Why can't I be a little gay? 
I've put a veiny dildo up my fucking ass. I wasn't a big fan of it, but I did it. And in that moment, in my mind, that's a little gay. In that moment. So maybe I'm 3% homo. I jerk off to tranny porn sometimes. Uh Guess I'm 3% homo. Do I want to go have sex with a guy? I'm not attracted to men. But if I was, why not? Why do I have to ask anyone's permission? Why do I have to justify my sexuality to anyone? Why do I have to do anything other than what is good for me and what is good for my partners? And that we can stop feeling that that urge, that urge to constantly prove, well, no, I'm not gay. Yeah. I'm not gay. Now, I have reasons that are a little more evangelical. And by evangelical, meaning I didn't want to be looked at as gay in any way because I've always been this uber het guy. But I'm very accepting of people that are gay. And I'm, you know, I'm very supportive of people being gay. So I felt that because I was so het and so masculine, I could talk to the uber het people. And I'm like one of the straight guys. So if I come in and I go, "Eh, who cares if a guy sucks a dick? That just means more chicks for us, right? (laughs) But now because I'm kind of out as 3% homo, I don't have that street cred with them anymore. Because they're like, yeah, you're standing up for him because you're a fag. So I can give that up. I have to give that up. By the way, I think I just came out as 3% gay. (laughs) just came out as just not fully gay because I don't like guys, but you know, if I was, then, yeah, but then that... there's probably been a, a moment in everybody's life when they've looked at somebody of the opposite sex, even if they're completely hetero and go, well, geez, fuck, he's amazing or she's amazing. I'd fuck that. And then, like, yeah, the other side of your no. brain kicks in and goes, oh, all right. Look, I'm wrong. I just finally watched <laughs> Interview with a Vampire. Oh, I love that. For the first time in my life, it was on Tubby. I'm in the library parking lot at midnight, and I'm like, I'm going to, oh, I never saw this. Everyone, women just constantly are like, oh, this is the best. And I finally found out why. Because that movie, pretty goddamn gay. Oh, pretty, pretty, like all the prettiest, all the prettiest people in the world. Like, and I figured if I'm not getting a boner watching fucking, uh, you know, Brad Pitt basically make out hover over Antonio Banderas, you know, and and Tom Cruise and just all this homoerotic stuff. And I'm like, Uh I I, I just I'm holding up my thumb. I'm like, don't kiss him. Just don't 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 (laughs) go back to the boobs. I like boobs. Just go back. I can understand how a hetero man will look at something and kind of cringe a bit because that's just not in their norm. And, and, and we're yeah. focusing a lot on, on the pegging in this post. And he was also talking about like the femdom where the femdom is basically like for a hetero man with a penis, getting penetrated is not something they experience on a regular basis. So for that, it flips the sexual script and it kind of makes the receiver feel kind of like vulnerable and like sure. puts them in a submissive headspace. And it's it, like you said, for somebody who's in a very high pressure job or a high pressure, you know, military or what have you. For that release to basically like let all that go and basically have someone else in control is fucking amazing. I think this is all great. And we do talk about this a lot. Mm -hmm. But I really want to get for myself and hopefully this poster to get to the point to where 
you don't feel that need to defend your sexuality. Yeah. Because in general, go with me on this. Okay. Your sexuality is not a big deal. Yeah. It's not. If that's what you like, that's what you like. It yeah. shouldn't be something because my identity used to be how Uber had woman womanizing manly man guy. I am. And it it just didn't get me anywhere. Because when I was younger, what that meant is I was trying to prove something to men. And why do I need to prove anything to a man? If I'm not attracted to a man, if I don't actually want to fuck a man, then why do I need to prove anything to a man? Yeah. Just be who I am and whatever whatever I get turned on by. If tomorrow I wake up and I'm dreaming of dick, I mean, it doesn't mean, you know, you can be a little gay if you're a little fucking gay. It doesn't mean you're going to be like a cum guzzler stripping off your clothes in a parking lot down to a jock strap and marching hardcore into a gay pig fucker man orgy and letting 20 guys fuck you, which I've seen, by the way. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> I have seen it. I will never forget it. It is a visual I will remember for the rest of my life. I used to I used to do rentals and I lived in the parking lot of Threshold in a motorhome and I managed the gay parties and there was this one that's like extreme hardcore fucking sex swings everywhere, you know, and it is just this is men who embrace their sexuality. Yeah. Without any whatever and I'll never forget this little middle-aged guy literally walked out like on a mission walked out to the back of his car i know i should have said something because he wasn't supposed to do that through the parking lot right. he literally stripped down went to his trunk took off his clothes had on a t-shirt boots and a jock strap with nothing nothing else but ass hanging out and literally marched with intention across the parking lot into the doors of the party that man was secure with was on a mission. <laughs> where that that guy was that guy was not not confused about what he was going for and if that's what you are great and if you're i don't know am i making sense yeah but but, but it's also you you need to separate what happened to us 20 years ago when we were growing up that it's just basically you had to pound it into guys heads of here's no i'm not gay i'm not gay or you know, or no the famous no homo bro no homo now I, i'm very glad that society and especially kink society has made this you know if you like having something done to you that's not of the normal we accept it or if you don't even if you, your kink's not my kink i don't have to watch it i could pick myself up and walk to another area but sure. I mean, I mean, even with the, when he was mentioning about the cross dressing, it's just I know several people who cross dress and they look drop dead freaking gorgeous better than me as a cis woman. And it's just like I'm sitting there going, they put so much work into like huh. looking gorgeous and getting empowered. With it. And then it's just like, man, I wish I could look like that. And, 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 and then you get all this, you know, the stupid stereotypes of like drag queens, for example, every drag queen must be gay no drag queen is a character whether they be gay or, or or straight they're creating a character with makeup and and costume and whatever and they're doing whatever act they're doing and that's their character whether they choose to use it to be promote being gay or promote being straight are completely two different things and who cares exactly 
Let's. I think that's my whole theme. Yeah. This poster, who cares? Right. Who cares what you are? Who cares if next week, all of a sudden, you decide, wow, I want to do this with dudes. Right. Or you decide you don't want things up your butt anymore. Or you de- whatever you decide. For me, I had so much stress and anxiety trying to prove myself to other people as a younger person. I have a lot more peace now by going, who cares if you don't like it? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Just move on. He, Just he move even on. Said it, he even said it in the post. You do whatever makes you happy. Full stop. <laughs> yeah, full stop. That's it. Yeah. So good post. I mean, yes. I know you're like, this is going to be awkward. You're not going to want to talk about this. And I'm like, no, I actually don't care. I don't care. I'm glad but, that men like things up their ass. But I, I like the way that you approached it, where it's just basically like, who cares? You know, why, why do you ha- even now, why do you have to prove what kind of a man, quote unquote, you are to other men? You don't need yeah. to. And, you know, you so, don't have that- to prove it to me. You're good. And uh, rock your lingerie, rock, rock whatever you rock. Yeah. So thank you again Good to Strap On Slut for a very interesting post. And again, if you see a post on Fat Life, please tag us in it. News is sometimes cool and sometimes fucked up. Let's glory hold the planet right now with Enigma. Yeah. Enigma, are you ready for this swinging party bus ride? I mean, I have heard good things about pineapples. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there, you clever Thank you. scoundrel Thank you. you god damn it enigma how the hell are you i have missed you i've actually missed you i thought about you and i'm like where why and then i'm like oh we do a show we should probably do that yes yes we probably should um uh, yes and you know we, we don't see each other when you're not you know being like hey i have this these new sex there are these sex toys i'm not using and i go i want those sex toys um <laughs> i am your source yeah yeah that's a I'm a I'm a good uh, kinky sex toy dealer for you. I I actually had to take like a new picture recently because uh, I I try to like have like an image of, like has all my toys so I could just be like oh you want to know what I have look at this picture, um, and I I did not have like the the main thing I couldn't get in there was the wax like it was just there I have I have too much crap, um, and yeah it's just it's a lot. Well, the good news is, is you have partners to use some of these things with. So I don't feel bad, you know, passing on stuff because a lot of stuff that I I got from other people, too. Right. And that's one of the fun things about this lifestyle. And especially like sometimes when something bad happens, like someone loses a toy bag or their car gets broken into or something, you know, there's usually a number of people in the community that are like, we're all whores and we're all toy whores. So we're like, <laughs> it's okay. I got extra here. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so it's a very nice community thing. Obviously some stuff, uh, you know, uh, maybe, uh, has been used, but as long as you give a warning, like the ovipositor mm-hmm. that you got the primal, the primal hardware, uh, ovipositors that, uh, we did on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously am not, uh, planting any eggs in vaginas right right but you might i might my <laughs> d when 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 she saw them was like <laughs> nope oh really so <laughs> it, it, it won't be with her uh but 
but maybe maybe I could find somebody who who wants to get Avi posited. Oh my but, god! Yeah, it was it was other things. It's been kind of like eh, maybe we could try that at some point. That was it was an almost immediate. I don't want that. No. Wow, thanks, that's you know you got to have a thing for tentacles. Yes. You gotta have a thing for tentacles. If not, it'll creep you out. But uh Well and the whole egg thing being like implanted in you and then you have to like push it out or like it liquefies. It's, 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 there's there was just elements that were just not on board. Yeah, but for those that, that do love it, it's uh it, yeah. it's an amazing like when we did the ovipositor for for those of you that are new to perverted podcasts, an ovipositor is a dildo that's kind of hollowed out in the middle and it's shaped like an alien tentacle and you make these gel eggs on a Nox gel so it's non-toxic and then you have an inserter that when you put the dildo inside of somebody you can then impregnate them quote unquote role play with an alien egg and it's super crazy and super hot and it's messy and it's a lot of fun and then the person (laughs) and like which we did on the show with Mew we got these Primal Hardware uh, amazing custom-made uh, dildos. I did a sponsorship trade with them where I did a song for them, and they gave me a couple of the ovipositors. And then we did it with Mew on the show, and she birthed the egg into a bowl <laughs> with everyone surrounding her. And uh, I actually just talked to her recently. We went lizarding a couple days ago. and uh, Nice. And so uh, we talked about it, and she's like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. That was definitely a thing. But yeah, definitely look forward to seeing if you can find a volunteer that because it mm-hmm. is fun. I mean, it's messy and it's crazy, but uh, ultimately it is it is surely a fun thing to do. Yeah. And like uh, Dean, I have a lot of other things uh, this past Sunday. We went museuming around L.A. and we went to a few lovely little uh, like the kind of kitschy uh, museums around L.A. And that was really nice. Um, and then we came back and we actually watched a movie. It was one I had not seen and I didn't have high hopes for. It's called, I think it's just called The Babysitter. It's on Netflix. Um, it's, oh. it's way better than I thought it was. It's like, the, it's a slasher movie and right. it's, it's way better than I, I thought it was just going to be kind of like a, like a C rated, like horror. It's like, it's actually a really fun, um, uh, like the comedy is really good. The horror is like, it's just fun. It's not like creepy horror. So if you're not in like. If you're not into like really really scary stuff, it's not scary. I wouldn't call it scary, but so it's more like campy. Yeah, it's campy, like Chucky. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like it's really funny. Like you can kind of see like the plot holes from a mile away, but like it's entertaining enough that it doesn't matter. Um, and then yeah, and then she sat on my face, so it was a really great uh, like roundabout night. See, that is where it all kind of closes home. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. kinky people can have normal dates where right. you go to the dude museum and movies. Mm-hmm. And then it just ends with her sitting on your face. Yeah, it was. And that's was uh, just a mouth, mouth full of ass and pussy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her, and then her joy. mouth on me. It was, uh, th- uh, you know, and then it turns into that. <laughs> and I think that is just beautiful. Because that's part of alternative lifestyles, which we're going to talk about. Yes, we are. In in uh, well, I guess we're going to do that now because I don't have any f- fucking share. I'm just thinking of <laughs> ovipositors. Now I'm like, that is wonderful. Yeah, we should just get into the topic. But we're going to talk about an article that you sent to me. That was actually, I mean, I just 
laughed and then it made me go well we we don't talk you know too much about like swing swinging right right like you know we talk about it in general and we touch around it but today we can get on and i think the the post maybe wasn't meant to be funny but it was very funny to me so why don't you go ahead and rock and roll with that i will yeah it's a it's a very light um post if you're actually interested in getting um uh, checking out swinging it doesn't really get into like the definitions and whatnot um but it is a really fun like overarching post so it's a uh, you can find this on the new york post uh, or the nypost.com and the article is entitled sex in the suburbs how to know if your neighbor is a swinger if you've never heard of swingers that is that is when usually a couple um likes to go to parties clubs and other kinds of events where they have sex with other like-minded couples um, swinging is reported to be on the rise with 15 million Americans jumping into the swinging lifestyle. And in case you didn't know, swingers tend to be more on the down low, but there are some signals that may uh, be around in your neighborhood. For the lawn ornaments, you have flamingos and garden gnomes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you have flamingos and garden gnomes. So if you see a neighbor who has maybe a prevalent amount, uh, they, they, they might be on the, the swinger the swinger train. Uh, but if there if there's some sort of like agriculturists, um, pompous grass, which is kind of a, a bushy type grass, um, if they have that in their yard and they seem to be cultivating that, maybe that's a sign. And then one that I think everybody kind of knows about is the infamous pineapple. Um, so if you see versions the of the upside down, yeah, specifically if you see a pineapple turned upside down, that is more likely to be the signal to nearby swingers. Um, and, and actually a funny story about that. So I, I heard about that, I think within the last year or two. And so one of my sidekicks is I do grocery delivery and I have made it a rule that anytime I am delivering, like it has to be part of the order. I'm not doing it like every single time, but if a pineapple is in the order, I will take the pineapple and I will put it upside down in my cart. I am way, I just, I just want <laughs> one swinger to come up and like give me their number or something just to be oh, like that's amazing i just want it to work once and then i don't have to do it i just want i just want to see if it works so far it hasn't worked um maybe i'm not putting up the right signals or in the, going to the right stores but like i'm 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 hoping i'm hoping but you got a mission going yeah. and yeah. and you're definitely you know you're doing a little research a little recon research mm -hmm. getting out there seeing if you can get the upside I just laughed so much at this article because every one of the things that it said was completely vague and done <laughs> by millions of people. Right. So I can just picture some poor old lady in Florida <laughs> with her joyous collection of pink flamingos and garden gnomes and some 30-year-old guy with a V-open shirt and a swinging chain and a greaseback hair comes up and's like, hey, ma'am, you like to get freaky or what? You know? And she's like, oh, dear. <laughs> I just like flamingos. Too. Well, they, the, 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 the post or the, the, the article even goes into how, like, uh, uh, the, the sale of the, the pompous grass actually, like, plummeted in like uh, nurseries because people would like horrify that they, when they found out that, Oh, this is a sign that they're swingers. This is, yeah. This is literally a troll list <laughs> of how to get people into awkward situations and, or shot by neighbors. <laughs> this is just a, now like, 
okay, go with me on this, because mm-hmm. it really is. Like, what are you going to do? You see pompous grass, which has been in, in fucking landscaping for 50 years. Right. In th- millions of fucking yards, and now all of a sudden it gives you permission to go into someone's yard and go, hey, you want to get freaky? This is, I mean, I just laugh. Like, if you doubled up on these things. Yeah. Like, if you put all the things. Like, if you had a giant pink flamingo with two upside-down pineapple-shaped testicles wearing a black cock ring and a jeweled garden gnome butt plug, and it was like (laughs) wearing a hula skirt made out of pompous grass, then maybe, (laughs) you you know, now you're, you're giving a less than vague message here mm-hmm. but if you just just to our perverted podcast listeners if you see pink flamingos in a yard please do <laughs> not walk and knock on that fucking door don't do it no no do it there are other it, w- w- no. w- it's, it'll be fine boogie it'll be fine just go up in your no, best hawaiian no. shirt covered in pineapples uh, and just be like hey baby uh, no don't just no. And if you have like a portable swing you can bring with you, just, just to make it even less subtle. Yeah, just yeah, just put a fucking fuck swing in your in your front yard <laughs> and have the pol- pl- flamingo with its legs spread. There and a you fucking go. Can of anal lube next to it, and well, then just, maybe it's just, just like put a pineapple in the crotch while it's swinging. So it's like it's even like there you go. Once again, if you double up <laughs> on them, I just don't think that's. You know, I just I just laughed because it's just so vague. And whatever, and if it works for it, like maybe because most people don't know how to be subtle, Enigma, mm-hmm. when they come in, like they get upside in, they'll just you, there's always going to be those awkward people that just beat on the door. Hey, you got fucking pineapples. That means I can fuck your wife, right? I'm just mm-hmm. seeing, I'm seeing shotguns, I'm seeing small caliber weapons, I'm seeing large least, caliber at, weapons, at least a right hook, at least. <laughs> Just please just go on Fat Life or join some groups or, you know, I mean, maybe like get a T-shirt like we could make up some T-shirt. That's like maybe one that says, fuck the ring. Let's do this thing. <laughs> no, that that seems that that seems more like a cheater's website, honestly. OK, that's a cheater. Yeah. OK, OK. Look, OK, what about like Steel Panther? The song Steel Panther, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. my husband's cock is community property. Ooh, okay, that's fun. That's fun. Okay, that's a good one. Fun, and yeah. then uh, and then maybe you could have a t-shirt that says, get high on my wife's pie. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 you could just have the husband and wife have those, like, opposing shirts. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if you'll use a sock, you can have his cock. I don't know. I just wrote shit down. I just, uh, <laughs> I just think that. But all of the kidding aside, right. uh, it is important for you to be able to communicate to people that you're into something, lawn ornaments and things like that, especially ones that are uh, have been used for generations. <laughs> mm-hmm for not swinger things you can surely get in trouble with those mm-hmm. things but if you know how to be subtle and have a conversation with your neighbors so you guys you guys ever uh you know what kind of you guys uh, have some adventures you know what do you do do you party do you sacrifice bodies <laughs> and then the neighbor goes well you know actually we do do some fun stuff and they're all, oh do tell is this something i should hide the kids for mm-hmm. you know like 
you can lead into a conversation if you know how to have a conversation. But now we have chat GPT and Grammarly that just has the conversation for right. you. So maybe you should just go on FetLife and look up swingers groups. Well, the, uh, but that being said. No, yeah, yeah. I think uh, context is definitely important. Like we've talked about the whole flagging system that uh, that's more prevalent among the 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 gay crowd and the, the, the leather crowd. Sure. And this is just kind of the swinger version of that. Like, yes, somebody could be, can have like a black handkerchief on their hip and that might mean something, or they just like having handkerchief on them. And so like context is definitely important. Sure. Um, and there are uh, definitely what I've seen is like meetup.com is a big place for specifically like the swinger community. Um, Cause they're, they're a little bit, uh, there's kind of a line between kink and swinging. And so you won't see them a lot on FetLife, but like Meetup is uh, it, the, the wording might not be explicitly swinger, but you'll be able to find right, right. like couples meetups or whatever on on a site. like Sure, that. sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say on FetLife, you're seeing a lot more mm. uh, in the events for swingers events that are literally saying this is a swingers party or it's a half and half right. where they swing, but they also do kink. I think. Maybe like six, ten years ago, there was still like a, you know, one of those snobby rivalries that always pissed me off where people are like, oh, if you're kinky, you, you're not a swinger. That's a swinger. And swingers all, ew, gross. Those BDSM people. Well, I, I remember I remember that I played I was playing at like a club that shall a uh, different club that shall not be named. And it was I, I got in for free because they, they were like we. We want kinky people because we just have a bunch of swingers. Oh, and so like me and somebody, like got in, got in there, and we started playing, and just like the side eye I would get, like from yeah. from the people who were just wanting to get their dick wet. Like it was just, it was a very odd environment, and like I've had, I I I have been, I try to keep an open mind about swinging. I just the experience that I have had with that community have not been the most positive. Like there have been. There was a guy that came to one of the nerd parties pretty frequently, and he was just incredibly like creepy. Like he, I don't think he ever like right. got like touchy, but he was just the way he got like super close to like the super young girl. It was just it was not great, um, and I, it just it's definitely given me personally a bad taste in my mouth about the the, the swing sure. community. See, I've had a complete opposite uh, okay encounter because I've known a lot of couples okay. That swing and there's and and a lot of couples that are apparently I just I guess I've been lucky. I mean, of course, you always hear about creepers and stuff like that. But all the people that I know that have either run swingers parties or been very active in couple swingers communities where only couples are allowed, you know, no single guys are right. allowed to a swingers party. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I've heard a lot of ethics and a lot of the same stuff we talk about in kink. It's a consent mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's not just jump in. A lot of these swinger parties have a designated social hour first. Like we I've seen it a lot of kink parties where it's like this mm -hmm. is the get to know you set their new sex and play doesn't start until after the social time, you know, kind of things. And so right. I've seen some things that are very good. I did a lot of reading up on it myself. The only reason I'm not a swinger is because my dick won't join the party. So for me, it's just never worked to be in that thing. Plus, I also like to have a different type of connection, even with my female partners and the just the random swinging. I don't know if I, I would be up for that either. 
I, I wouldn't be up for that either. I'm, I'm like we've talked about this before. Like I'm definitely on the demisexual spectrum, and sure. just the idea. Like I could, I could maybe do it if it was like me and my partner, and then we had like a committed couple, or like, sure. and, and that does happen. Um, I used to listen because I was, I was actually interested in this. There's another podcast called Life on the Swing Set, and it's literally just a bunch of people who are swingers talking right. about their lifestyle and their the troubles and tribulations and all of that. And so, yeah, it was just hearing about it, but it was, it was, uh, and within their group, like they definitely, like they would go out occasionally, but they, they definitely had like a, a, a regular group that they would play with. So like, maybe I could get into it in that respect, but like just the idea of, of super casual, like one-offs like that, 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 that's just not uh, appealing to me at all. Well, I think what's exciting about this is we get into the same thing once again as with Kink is that there is absolutely a spectrum of what the couple wants to do because there mm-hmm. are couples that don't go to any swingers parties to play. They go to meet people. So just like you, they can develop a relationship with a couple and then be exclusive swing just with that couple, which was kind of like supposedly some of the origins of, of swinging. You know, there it's argued, but that a lot of swinging started in like military around like World War Two and the Air Force right. and stuff like that. And, you know, military families were incredibly close and moving base to base or whatever to do whatever. And it became kind of like that whole, you know, religious Jewish tradition that if the husband dies in in war, the best friend or brother has to take the wife, you know, kind of thing. So well, it, e- even with like the the husband or the wife would be out doing war stuff, and so the other partner would be back home, and so instead of them like leaning into cheating, it'd be like, oh no, we have this arrangement, so like they would still get their needs met with this group of people or these people, but like when they're when I come back home, they're still my wife, we're still partners, whatever the sure. whatever the ultimate arrangement is, yeah. And a lot of people have have had variances of those types of relationships more Mm -hmm. where swinging started to come in of course was the 60s because the pill started (laughs) to be accessible in the 60s so the risk of pregnancy better uh better ways to deal with stis stds um came out it was the free love movement so people were still in their relationships but they still enjoyed their exploration and their sexuality and things like that. So it really started to blossom at that time. And I think there was a resurgence in the 90s because you had that's when Viagra started to come out. And so you had the older crowd that suddenly was able to kind of keep up. And so I think that's when like we had like a second sexual revolution um, because you had a whole generation that was kind of like, oh, I thought I was done with sex. And then now it's like, oh, maybe I'm not done with sex. And so now they were able to actually get back into it. Yeah. I mean, once again, this is this is there's so many reasons some people do it because there is. And I have to say this Mm -hmm. because it's a big fight. Obviously, you're going to deal with issues of jealousy unless you're not jealous, unless it's something that turns you on. But there's there is a percentage of people that are going to deal with their jealousy but you're dealing with that directly with your partner without dishonesty. You're yeah. you're you're in a relationship so it's in your face that when you get blindsided with cheating, when you get blindsided with that there's another relationship, that has so much more than just the sex. That's about dishonesty and manipulation and living a lie with somebody and being inauthentic. 
the jealousy about the sex for a lot of people can be dealt with because you have that relationship and it's not being sullied by all that dishonesty. You're just dealing with the fact that you have desires for other people. I have desires for other people. Let's find a way that we can make that work together. And I think that can be really healthy. All of the research that has been done has overwhelmingly showed that people who are in these swinging relationships in an ethical way um, have happier marriages. That they they that if they can deal with that jealousy and possessiveness, which I'm not good at, um, <laughs> but if you can, they they have a better relationship because they're able to explore that sexuality and not have that urge because there is, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. And I know people fight me on this because, <laughs> and it be it, but it's nature. If people want to have sex, they want to have sex. There's nothing you can, you can't integrity sexual desire out of your body. You can't do it. We have a nature. Our entire species is based on survival long enough to breed. That's it. So those hormones and that desire to fuck and have sex is not going away just because you have a ring on your finger and you took some vows. Right. You may you may be able to do it and push yourself through it and have those moments where you desire but those desires for sex are going to be there. And that's why the majority of people in relationships, studies show, have had at least one extramarital affair during their long-term marriage. That's why the divorce rate is 60% for the first marriage because the majority is, maybe not the majority, um, I think it's like half financial and the person's a dick. And then the mm -hmm. uh, like 40% is cheating. So if you can get to the point to where you accept that people most of us have a desire for multiple sexual partners and you can find a way to have that being a healthy then you have a better chance of having a long-term relationship it's not going to work right. for everyone but you can't ignore the facts right and like and that that's something like you know we have the dichotomy of like um i like i'm i'm polyamorous and like my and D has has two other partners, one of which is is a guy. And it's something that I have to kind of uh, like, you know, I, I definitely have some some holdups from that. But like at the same time, it's like we, we spent an entire day together and it was amazing. And they were focused on me and I know that they love me and I love them. And it's just I, it's something that I've definitely had to work on. But like we, we work on it by communicating, by talking, we, we talk every week there's there's check-ins it's like oh by the way i'm gonna go meet with this person it's it's about building up into that relationship and making sure that that line of communication communication stays open the, the where previous relationships have have died is where that that line of communication stopped and suddenly they're there's they're, they're not asking questions i'm not asking questions it's kind of just kind of like letting letting the jealousy fester and and become toxic and then it, it it's not good for anybody anymore. yeah i mean i'm glad you i'm glad you shared that thank you very much and and i mm -hmm. and i surely acknowledge that that there's a there can be a struggle in there mm -hmm. but once again you've you've been able to have a so far great relationship with this partner that you absolutely mm -hmm. wouldn't have been able to have 
if you didn't have this communication? No, we would not like, and, and I've, and I've had that. I've had polyamorous relationships with terrible communicators right? and they crashed and burned and like they're like, I, I, I joke to myself. I was like, I don't have a lot of regrets, but there's a couple of people that I wish I could go like apologize in person because like when I moved, like there were, there were definitely some, some fires still burning because of, of bad communicating in poly. Right. And, um, and that's, that's, that's something that needs to be there. Like if, if you're considering poly, if you're considering swinging open relationship, any of the ethical non-monogamy umbrella relationships, um, that you need to understand that that is, it's not a one and done thing. You are constantly communicating. You are constantly checking in and it's, it's not, it doesn't need to be like a chore, but it yeah. does need to be regular check-ins. Well, not only is it not a chore, it may seem like that at first when you're not good at communicating and things are awkward. But mm -hmm. let me tell you, as somebody who has been in multi-year relationships where that communication is paramount, yeah. it's not a bore. It's not a chore. Yeah. It made us closer. It made oh, the relationship more intimate. I'm. Everyone thinks that's a chore. It's. I feel powerful. Yeah. After I have that conversation, and I know my partners do too, especially if you've had relationships in the past that you had bad communication, it was negative and everything was kind of behind the scenes and mm -hmm. you just felt that constant pressure and never knowing what's going on and never being able to get a straight answer. It is amazing to be in a fucking relationship with someone that you can just go, "All right, we got a thing we we should talk about." Well, and like I I've even I've even talked to people who are like in master slave relationships and even there they have some sort of arrangement where it's like there there is a way for the slave or the master to like communicate misgivings communicate things right. that they're they're having struggles with like it's not just an, a polyamorous thing it's it's a relationship thing it's just something yeah. that comes up that's going to be a little bit more prevalent in the ethical non monogamy world because you have multiple people involved. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I don't know. <laughs> I'm just excited. I mean, I'm not in any relationships now. We know that. Mm -hmm. But uh I'm so grateful for the ones where I really invested myself in my partner as far as that communication because the fucking fun <laughs> that we had that we never would have had had we not had that level of communication and those benchmarks that we set up, I'm pro swinging. I just, I, if I could do it, I would, well, I mean, I don't have a partner. So right now it's just being a whore, but if I had a partner, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. So Enigma people, people want to get a hold of us. Where do they go? Well, they can find us on social media. We're on Instagram at perverted podcast. We're on the cesspool. That is Twitter at perverted podcast. And we're on FetLife. There's both a group and a page. Just search perverted podcast. And that is the end of show 382. Thank you for joining us on our uh, almost eight year end or after eight year anniversary for perverted podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover, please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on TikTok or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. And on FetLife, there's both a group and a page. You can support us for free by hitting the like or subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to us on. And don't forget, if you're listening on Stitcher, start looking for us on SoundCloud or other apps. 
It's on the Perverted Podcast page if you want to find a new one. It really does help us promote us on the podcast platforms and help other kinksters like you find us. And if you'd like to do a little bit more to help us out, please go to patreon.com slash perverted podcast and sign up for our five bucks if you give a fuck level to get our shows a few days early. Lots of behind us, the scenes, the uh, hijinks, and our half a peepee shows, which have been going on very well. And of course, love and smushy kisses to all of our patrons around the world. Your support means the world to us. And if you're a patron subscriber, if you listen to the last half a PP episode that is only for patron subscribers, you get a picture of not only Path Girl's ass, but mine. Which I need to send you, by the way. I need to do that tonight. That I took in storage. Be- well, Paddle Bob's the only one that ever, ever is like, yeah, send it, send it to me. <laughs> Humiliate yourself for me, Boogie. I, I have to base. I have to say, the picture of Boogie's ass that he sent me is actually pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, in storage. Well, that's why I put. I posted the other picture today because I went through all those old photos and I found like fucked up, skinny, cross dressy oh fucking. Yes, yes. Yeah, what? so I put that up on FetLife today because someone challenged me. Someone uh, that I used to play uh-huh. with. She was like, uh, she was like, you're not going to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what about this? And, uh, and she's like, woohoo. And I'm like, yeah, you're still not going to have sex. Yeah, yeah, you need to go to Camp Boogie's page on Fet Life because if you thought the hot tub picture was, was, uh, steamy, you need to see the new ones because, oh my God. <laughs> Blonde. I used details. to like pulling on my wiener. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Let me pull on my wiener while I'm drunk. Boogie I don't. I think I remember where I was there. Huh? Yeah. Boogie and all his glory. There's there's a lot of glory. I'm pretty uh pretty cross dressy in that one. It's pretty glorious um, actually. But uh, yeah, well you know that's the version of me you're never gonna see again. Yeah. So uh, thirst 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 trap stuff. <laughs> but uh, very excited, very excited to have this show with you, Path Girl. Eight years is an incredible mark. Uh, an incredible achievement. I'm actually rather proud of the work that we've done and the lives that we've been able to be a part of. Uh, maybe give some people a good laugh. Maybe give people something to think about. And uh, and it surely has been the thing that keeps me going uh, day in and day out through a chaotic life. So uh, we're going to see you on show 383. And just remember... I am not opposed because my doctor said I need more testosterone. Not opposed to a pity fuck. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, five. How spoiled we've become with technology. We can't imagine life without our internet or cell phones. Well, super smart people had to create this stuff. But smart people are kind of lame and usually sexually alone. So pity fuck a nerd. They need love too while they invent the nifty gadgets that we love to use. They have no social skills, no style or class. Let's keep them motivated with a piece of ass. Kick it. The pretty people who look good at parties are often not the type who possess large brains while they're barfing up last night's Bacardi. 
Some dweebs in the lab making medicine that will stop their pain. So pity fuck a nerd. They need love too. Well, they invent the nifty gadgets that we love to use. They have no social skills, no style or class. Let's keep them motivated with a piece of ass. The laptop that you love didn't grow on a tree. Nor did the satellites that bring 900 channels on TV. Don't worry about your image. Just sneak in and give a lay. Because even if they told, no one would believe them anyway. It's true. If you're a dude, go down on a science chick. If you're a chick, get jiggy on an engineer dick. And if they're gay, I'm sure there's someone out there who can sexually assist a software programming. Just pity fuck a nerd. They need love too. Well, they invent the nifty gadgets that we love to use. They have no social skills, no style or class. Let's keep them motivated with the piece of ass. Pity fuck a nerd. Oh, that was really good.